Thank you, choir. Good morning and welcome to Middle Church. Please join me for the call to worship printed in your bulletin. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. When the world is tossing me, like a ship on the sea. God, you rule over wind and water, stand by me. Good morning, middle family. How are you today? I want to invite the family of Miroslav Franklin Toth to come on up here and be with us today and also the family of Eddie Hunter to come up and be with us today. It is a beautiful thing when we get to do a baptism ritual and an extra beautiful thing when we get to baptize a baby and an adult at the same time. Family in a community as diverse as ours. We think of baptism as meaning different kinds of things. 
some of us come from traditions where we understand that we have borrowed baptism from our Jewish family, a mikvah, like most ancient religions, to set us right and clean us up. For some of us, baptism means dying to an old way of life and rising to a new. For some of us, it means fresh starts and belonging to a community of accountability where we're asked to be our best self, even as we know God loves us just exactly as we are. And for people like Miro, <laughs> little ones, baptism reminds them of bath time <laughs> and splashing in puddles. Mm. And maybe even a faint memory of what it was like to be in mommy's womb. In our tradition, we baptize adults and children because we know that God is the one who acts to claim us even when we don't have language to speak of it. The psalmist reminds us that God knew us when we were still being formed in our mother's wombs. Even then, God knew all about us and loved us completely. And so today, I join your community as we baptize Eddie Hunter, who has been loved by God his whole life long. Amen. And as we baptize Miroslav Franklin Toth, loved also by the God whom he can't yet know. Carolina and Lukash, Emily and James, will you pray for Miro and teach him the way of love? Will you care for him and shepherd him as God shepherds us? If so, say, we will. We will. And Eddie, will you be in prayer as we stand with you in this most holy moment, opening your heart to God's call on your life? If so, say, I will. I will. Middle Church, will you pray for Miro and for Eddie, children of God, and be a, and be a safe place for them, yes, both to grow in their faith and in confidence of God's grace? If so, say, we will. We will. Let us pray. God, here are Miro and Eddie, your beloved children. We ask you to bless them all their lives long by your grace and your mercy. Walk with them, shelter them, inspire them, comfort them. We pray these things, trusting in your holy names. Amen. Amen. Eddie. What is your full name, wonderful? Edward Sylvan Hunter. Hmm. Edward Sylvan Hunter. It is my deep pleasure to baptize you in the name of God, whom Jesus called Abba, Daddy. To baptize you in the name of Jesus, whom we call Christ, who welcomes all of the children and every stranger. And in the name of the Holy Spirit, who has always abided with you and will abide with you still. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jackie. And Grandma, say baby's full name. Miroslav Franklin Toth. Miroslav Franklin Toth, whose name means glorify peace. Oh, I baptize you. Yes. I love it. Let's do it together. Oh, that's great. In the name of God, 
whom Jesus called Abba, Daddy, in the name of Jesus, who welcomed all the children, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, who is your friend and will be your friend your whole life long. Amen. Amen. Those are your people, Eddie and Miro. But Marta's got words to say. Here, here are your people, middle family. Let's welcome them. watching over us, my Lord. Amen? Amen. Please be seated, middle family. Good morning, everybody. Ah, Two more minutes of morning. So glad you're here, Um, especially wanting to welcome those of you who are here for the very, very first time. Can you raise your hand so we can see who you are? And leave your hands raised so we can greet you. Hi. Great. 
Where are you from? California. California. Where are y'all from? Slovakia. Yes. In just Atlanta, amen. Where are you from? New York. New York. Where are you from, love? San Francisco. San Francisco. Shout it out for me. Where are you from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn in the house. Florida. All right. Don't want to miss anybody. We're so glad you're here. And they're here too. Hello, people who are online. We're so glad you came to be with us today. Thanks so much. Um, there are announcements up here for us to notice because we're getting cool with our technology. <laughs> and what we want you to know that you may not have noticed, but worship is a little shorter. Have you noticed? Ah, good, I like that reaction. Not so much. But we've tried to make a little more time in the middle for education and small groups because worship, education, small groups, all of that is how we're growing our spirits this year. So we hope you'll take advantage and come to some of the programs that are in the middle just for you, okay? I'm gonna stop there and invite Bertram Johnson, who some of you may not yet know, is our Minister for Care and Spiritual Development, Bertram. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, middle. Uh, we live in a world that is constantly demanding something from us. Return that email or that text or jump on that train, rush to be at that meeting. But here in worship, this is Kairos time. This is God's time. And I invite you just to quiet your heart and to be present to a God who only asks for you to be present and true to your heart. So let us just open our hearts to God and sit in a moment of silence and communion with God's spirit. Holy One, you have already drawn us into a time of worship through songs of praises that we will ever give to you, through our beautiful choir, through the sacrament, this holy act of baptism of a babe in arms and a man who has lived a whole life with you. And God, we thank you that you are with us through all our lives through songs of praises and joy and celebration, but also in times of trial and illness and loss. God, we think today of people who are suffering from Hurricane Michael and the devastation that that's brought and the lives lost, destruction to property and homes, and that feeling of unsafety that many of us have because of what we've done to the climate, to the world around us. Lord, help us to be people who have the faith to be repairers of what's broken, to take actions to do what we can to heal this world. God, we are an international community and we have people from around the world who are with us today. And we pray for safety and peace for all your children in every, in every nation, in every land, every religion, every government, God. We pray also for our government and for the upcoming elections. God, let them be held fairly. We pray that every person who has the opportunity to vote will vote and their vote will be counted so that true justice and democracy may happen in this land. 
God, we pray for people who come today whose hearts are hurting, who are experiencing loneliness, broken relationships, physical pain or emotional pain. God, help us to know you in that space. Help us to see you and to trust you as a God who is on our side. And God, we pray that you would lead us to the places of healing and comfort and peace that only your spirit can provide. God, we thank you for the many blessings of this day, for this blessed community. Fill us, Lord, and send us out to do the work that you've called us to do, to heal, transform, and love your world. We pray this trusting in all your holy names. And the people of God said, Amen. And now, friends, as one family, let us stand together and pray the prayer that was taught to us by Jesus to his disciples. Say it in whatever tradition or language that you may know, but let's say in one voice, ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth. By the power of baptism and the Holy Spirit moving among us, God has made us one. Let's turn to our brothers and sisters in peace and share God's peace with one another. The peace of God be with you all.
Good morning, Middle. We are looking to the book of Psalms, chapter 22, verses 1 through 15. I'm going to be reading from the message translation. God, God, my God, why did you dump me miles from nowhere? Doubled up with pain, I called to God all day long. No answer, nothing. I keep at it all night, tossing and turning. And you, are you indifferent, above it all, leaning back on the cushions of Israel's praise? We know you were there for our parents. They cried for your help, and you gave it. They trusted and lived a good life. And here I am, a nothing, an earthworm, something to step on, to squash. Everyone pokes fun at me. They make faces at me. They shake their heads. Let's see how God handles this one, since God likes them so much. Let him help him. And to think you were midwife at my birth, setting me at my mother's breasts. When I left the womb, you cradled me. Since the moment of birth, you've been my God. Then you moved far away, and trouble moved in next door. I need a neighbor. Herds of bulls come at me, the raging bulls stampede, horns lowered, nostrils flaring like a herd of buffalo on the move. I'm a bucket kicked over and spilled. Every joint in my body has been pulled apart. My heart is a blob of melted wax in my gut. I'm dry as a bone, my tongue black and swollen. They have laid me out for burial in the dirt. My friends, this is the word of God for the pueblo del Señor. I want to give special thanks to Tammy and John and the ministry staff for all the beautiful... Let me tell you why. Wait. Why am I thanking them? <laughs> I'm thanking them for doing a beautiful job of celebrating Latino Latinx History Month. We did five weeks this time of that celebration, so there's the good stuff. Will you say a prayer with me? God, thank you for a team called Middle, for gifts and talents and desires to heal your people and heal ourselves and heal the world. Um, as we listen for a word for you, from you today, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's called Nars Chestnut. The cover stick I'm wearing to hide my dark circles. <laughs> Blended ever so carefully with the NARS almond. Because when I'm sleepless in Manhattan, and I have been, one of the things that pops up for some reason in my feed is how older women should wear their makeup. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Use two shades. Yeah, I, I have not been sleeping. Yeah, no sparkles and no powder. Dries you out. Okay. Uh, more on that later, Jocelyn. Um, <laughs> I have been so tired. I just haven't been able to sleep. And I think a few of you have said that it's true for you too. 
Like you're not quite sure exactly what it is, and maybe it's a few things. Maybe it's, um, for me, I was in Chicago this week doing a talk, and my dad came, brought someone who wasn't my mom, because of course my mom has passed away and can't be there anymore, but that was an interesting new thing. Happy for you, Dad, but whoa, different, you know? <laughs> Her name is Mabel. She's lovely. Um, Anyway, my dad came to see me, and my mom, of course, could not, and I'm missing her, right? Um, I'm troubled that the storm's raging, praying for all the people who got their butts kicked by Michael. All of this is about climate change, and we're in deep trouble, friends. The, according to the UN report that just came out, it's 2040 is the critical year. If we don't dial it back by then, we're, it's done. It'll be a whole new ball game. So that has me sad has me worried. Of course, the children are still separated from their parents, and uh, the politics on the national stage feels to me like a poorly written reality television show. I've uh, got a lot of beautiful relationships with uh, faith leaders across the country. Some of us are Sikh, meaning Sikh, Sikh, Buddhist, Muslim, um, different flavors of Christian. And we've been writing to each other this week since the Kavanaugh thing. How, how are we doing? Where, where, where's our heart broken? Do we feel like we lost? We've been batting around whether we have hope or not. You know, where's our hope? Um, and what I, what I know to be true is when I'm having that feeling, I write my way out of it. So it's 2 o'clock in the morning and I can't cope, or it's 5 o'clock in the morning and I wake up writing. I kind of pray my prayers with my fingers. Does anybody else write or journal? Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm not sleeping, but I'm writing. Some of it's good. Some of it's horrible. But what about you, middle family? How are you doing? Like, how is your stuff right now? And what are you doing with it? I, I listen to you. I, we read your prayers. We kind of have a sense of some of the things that are happening. And I think Mama Ruby would say, where does it hurt? I think some of us are lonely. We've been praying for a partner so long. We're like, God, you know, what's up with that? Um, some of us are struggling at work, struggling to keep up, struggling to get it all done. Most organizations have less people because they have less money, but the work is still the same, amen? So we're all over-functioning. Some of us don't know how we're going to make ends meet. Some of us work two jobs and still can't quite make it happen. Some of us are worried about our children, their safety as they go off in the world girls on college campuses, boys in the city streets. Many of us, more than I have ever experienced in congregational life, have lost parents in these last two years. It's like amazing how many of us have lost parents or spouses or partners. And those deaths, as the second year rolls around, you're like, wow, oh, this is the second time that they're not going to be here at Christmas. And it feels more and more permanent, right? And it just breaks your heart. 
What's your stuff, middle family? Did I touch on yours? Is there something else? It feels like there's a generalized sadness in the universe because of all of the things that are happening in the atmosphere, in the national stage, in the world of electoral politics and shenanigans. And that stuff affects us. Do you, like some of my colleagues, feel hopeless from time to time? Do you find yourself wondering if God is hearing your prayers? Do you ask yourself if you're doing the right things to get your prayers Answer, that's a question I have. Do you wonder if God is listening? The psalmist had some stuff. Listening to John read the scripture so beautifully, it's almost like listening in on the psalmist's prayer journal. Their, their, their journal. Where they kind of are like fussing at God. Which, by the way, she can take it. Why have you forsaken me? I cry out all the time, don't you hear my prayers? Don't you hear my lament? Our ancestors trusted you and you delivered them, but me, I feel like a worm, scorned, despised, mocked, trouble everywhere, and you seem so far away. In that time of trouble, in that moment of despair, the psalmist feels the absence of God so keenly. God who had been so close, the poetry says, it's like God was there when the psalmist was born and scooped him right out of his mother's womb and laid him on his mother's breast. That's how close, that's how close God seemed. But now, God feels different. The Holy One feels far away, like, just no place to be seen. Wild bulls circling him feels like he's about to be devoured by life circumstances. This psalmist is exhausted. She's tired. She's depleted. She's depressed. She's dehydrated. Because like, her mouth is like, a, like some cracked pottery. And she feels as though her heart has melted down like wax inside her bosom. Reading this psalm made me think, man, have I, have I ever felt this way? Uh, before I get to my crazy story, Jesus felt this way. This is the psalm that the Gospel of Matthew says Jesus is saying when he's being tortured on the cross at Golgotha. Now, it must have been pretty deep down in there because it's not like Jesus had time to look up some scripture and read it right in there. But praying, praying, honestly, my God, my God, where are you? An anguished cry from a child of God. I need you and you have forsaken me. Have you any of you ever felt forsaken by God? I have. I most certainly have. As a little girl child, a little person, nine years old, mistreated by a man that I was supposed to trust, a man I love, feeling ashamed and frightened and hurt and lost. And I, I didn't have words like forsaken at nine but I definitely was wondering, where is this God that I was given by my parents? 
this guy that my mom said would always love me and never leave me, where are you right now? This isn't feeling so good. I had a car accident that almost killed me when I was about 22. And I'm sorry, I thought God had broken all the rules. I had done all the good things, been a good girl, you know, saved it till you get married, praying all the time, all the good stuff. I had kept my contract, and God, I thought, broke his. Wasn't goodness supposed to beget goodness? Weren't you supposed to show up, God, and protect me? All my stuff burned up one time on a moving van. Everything I owned burned up. I was super done with God right then. I was like, I think I might have to break up with you for a while. You are not behaving very well, Mr. God. But I loved God, you know, and didn't want to let God go. But then I thought, well, I have to let that God go. I got to let the genie God go. I got to get the you do this and I'll do that God off my eyeballs, to quote. See, that's not working. So I started thinking, well, what is it? I better change my understanding of God. I better let my understanding of God grow up some. And I was beginning to understand that the presence of God is not synonymous with the absence of suffering. The presence of God is not synonymous with the absence of suffering. And evidence of God's presence isn't predicated on happily ever after. If that were true, we would just have to all give up our faith, wouldn't we? Because that ain't how it goes. The psalmist knows that God is present in the midst of suffering because in Psalm 46, the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. She doesn't say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help that makes trouble never happen. A very present help in trouble. That's where God is. God is help in trouble. There's trouble and God is there. So the psalmist goes on to say, therefore we don't have to fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake, though its waters roar and foam, God's there, right there. She's saying God's preventing the trouble. She's saying God is there in the struggle, in the hurt, in the pain, with us in the pain. God is there comforting us, resourcing us, reminding us that we have the stuff we need to get through the stuff we're given. You with me? Now, when I was a little person getting the God from my parents, and they were like, God will never tell, give you any more than you can bear. I did not like that. God will never give you anything more than you can bear. Sounded like God was looking around to see who was the strongest badasses and then give them the most hell. That's not make any sense. I don't want to be that girl with the badass that you want to give the praying, right? No. What that scripture means and what my mom and dad meant is God's going to be there bearing it with us. And I know some of us use different names for God, and I'm good with it, you know that, I'm good with that. So call it love, the universe, the holy, the energy, the goodness in the world is gonna be with us in the midst of the hellstorm. That is just a part of the human condition, resourcing us, 
comforting us, reminding us that we got the stuff. I always want to hear Whitney right there. You know, I got the stuff that you want. I don't know, it just keeps coming to my brain. Like, we got the stuff, we got the stuff that we need. Now look, Jesus didn't have it all together about this presence of God thing. That's why he was praying this prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But at the same time, almost in the next breath, he prays, into your hands though, I give you my life. I give you my breath. I give you my CK, my soul, my, my everything. You feel far away, but I'm gonna give you my stuff. I'm gonna try to trust you. And I think what we need to take from that, you know, even when dying, Jesus is talking to the presence. Jesus is talking to the presence of the presence, even while dying. He felt God was absent. He felt God had turned his back. I felt God was absent. I felt God had turned God's back on me. But actually, what it was is I changed. God doesn't change. The holy doesn't change. The love doesn't change. But I changed. I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. I was overwhelmed. I was sad. I was grieving. I couldn't notice it. I, I turned away and didn't see it. And when I turned right back again, there, there is the presence. I've come to understand as I've let my little girl God grow up some, God is always there. The presence is always present. My job, my job on this journey of faith is to fine-tune my ability to see the presence, to see what it looks like. Oh, I'm having a really hard day, and I get to go to Harlem and sit on Gabby and Joel's floor and toss Fee up in the air. Presence of presence. Little life making me feel like life is possible. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are out to dinner with friends, and you are laughing, laughing, laughing. The presence is present because you're sustained in that moment of joy. Your lover holds you so close and so tight that you feel the body of their body supporting yours and the presence is there. Our job in a life of faith is to train ourselves to listen for the presence of the present. Maybe the presence is shouting, I got you. Maybe the presence is the roar of the ocean or the sound of the wind while you're on a walk or a whisper, I'm still here. Our job is to train ourselves to see it. Prayer helps, meditation helps, yoga helps. Sometimes a nice dance will help. Prayer helps us recognize the presence of the presence. Not for God, because God's okay if we don't notice God. <laughs> she ain't gonna have an attitude if we don't notice her, really. But for ourselves, for our own lives to sustain us in these very crazy times, it's a good spiritual practice to practice looking for, seeing, noticing the presence. And I don't care, again, how you name it, I just want us to claim it, claim the presence, claim 
the power, the relationships that we have in which God is showing up and reminding us, I got you. So I did not sleep last night. Two and a half hour nap. Five o'clock this morning is when I went to sleep. Holy cow, Batman. <laughs> and I come here, and this is the second time I get to do this, right? Hear the music. Look at your beauty. You remind me of the presence of the presence. We get to remind each other in these pews, out in the world, of the presence of the presence, that love is love is love is love is wrapped all around us and has got us. And a love that will not let us go. That's amazing to me. So I look at you and I go, thank you for the reminder. Maybe I'll sleep tonight. And I want us to make a spiritual discipline of looking around to see the love at work. I read a memoir of this woman, um, Lindsay O'Connor. Uh, it's called The Long, the Long Wake Up, I think. I'm, I'm, the Long Awakening. I'm not great with titles. Anyway, she was pregnant. She had a baby. She almost died in childbirth. Um, was in a coma for 107 days. And when she woke up, this is what she writes. Quote, I sensed it was finally safe to ask the question without seeming like an ingrate. God, where are you? Where were you? For 107 days, where were you? Were you in my unconsciousness? Were you in the hospital room? I wanted to feel your presence with fireworks and explosions of emotions and supernatural palpability. Where were you? And she said she heard God say, I was there. I was there in the peace. I was there in the comfort. I was there in the breath. Take a breath. We did a sacrament today, baptism, a sign and seal of God's presence in the world. We eat the cup, drink the cup, eat the bread. It's a sign and seal of God's presence in the world. Every breath, take another one. Every breath is a sacrament, a sign and seal of God's presence in the world. Our job is to train ourselves to recognize the presence of the presence. You are a reminder of the presence, of the presence. God is here. Amen. For today's message for all ages, I'm gonna invite our young friends to help me with a special invitation to join the movement. Come join me up on the blanket, young and young at heart. You are invited up here. Thank you. So many friends coming. I love it. Happy to see you. So invitation to join the movement. I get to share a little bit of my story of how I came to middle today. I, my name is Marta, if you don't know me. Hi guys. I came to middle about four years ago 
And soon after that, about three and a half years ago, I became a member at Middle Church. Maybe from hearing a story like this, an invitation to join the movement. Not that long after, Jackie and I talked about a project, and before you knew it, I got hired as the director of children, youth, and young adults. Yeah. I love my job. I love my job. I love all these wonderful young people. You want to come sit by your sisters? You can come sit by them. You can come join them. I love these young people like you out there, congregation, love our young people in this community. And even though I work here, I still choose to give a donation every month. Do you know why? Are you curious to know why? Yeah? Okay, well, I need your help. I choose to donate to Middle Church because... Middle teaches kids how to do justice. Yes. Thank you, Genevieve. Okay. What else? You teach us how to be kind. Thank you, Sarantha. Okay. One last one. Eddie, do you want to do this for us? You teach us that love transforms us our, our lives. Excellent. And one more. We can change the world. Y'all, that wasn't even planned. That is how quickly our young people are ready for this love and justice movement. You help fuel this movement. You are invited to also join as a member today. Amanda will be right here at the pulpit after the worship celebration. You can ask questions or jump into this movement with us. And you're also invited to help fuel this movement with your donations so that we can teach all of our young friends about love and justice in the world today. Thank you.
Let us pray. Holy and mysterious God, we are grateful for the opportunity to give with our bodies, our voices, and our gifts of money. Help us to remember that these tangible things are examples of your very presence in this world. Use these gifts to transform this this world with love and justice in revolutionary ways. Amen. Amen.
just wanted to see you. Yeah, I named the sermon after the Titanic song. You knew that, right? So then you know we had to sing it. Uh, I like translating the words of these pop songs like as those God singing it. Did you hear? God's got us in her heart. God's got us in the palm of his hands. Our job, I think it'll make our life easier, is to train ourselves to look for the presence. It might not show up the way you expect, but I think it's there. It might show up in ways that'll surprise you. You might still be in pain. That's just called human. But I believe, I believe that our growing up sense of God as presence is what will sustain us in this journey. Not as genie, not as magic, not as bubble, but presence all the time. So may the presence that is love guard your life and keep you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.